Welcome to the Live Lounge and welcome to Willow Park Church Online. I'm so happy and so delighted that you have stepped in and joined us for this time of worship as we hear God's word. Pastor Glenn is going to be talking about Galatians. He's going to be taking the final sermon in our Galatians series. He's going to be talking about the power of the cross to transform our lives. Isn't that true? Haven't we all experienced in our lives that moment when the reality and the truth of the work of the cross completely transforms our lives. Galatians has been quite a journey. Let me just recap on some points to remind you the kind of themes that have come through. We are saved through justification. It's not our work. It's all through the work of Jesus on the cross. But the Galatian church, of course, ended up wandering away from the truth of Jesus. They ended up adopting different traditions and ideas from Judaism. And they ended up believing that it was Jesus plus something else. It is never Jesus plus something else. And the message of Galatians is keep your heart set on Jesus. Live in the truth and the grace of Jesus. Allow Jesus to move in your life. And when he works in your life, he'll make such a powerful difference. Don't be hypocritical. Learn to walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Have the fruits of the Spirit within your life. I mean, it's so rich. The whole series has been remarkable as we've dug deeply into the theology of Galatians. So in today's Live Lounge, we are going to bring it all together with the message of the cross and the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're so Happy that you've joined us. But to start our service off, we're going to have Willow One News right now. And we're going to find out all the amazing things that are happening across Willow Park Church. I love our church and what God is doing at the moment. Check this out. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining our live lounge today. And here is your family news. Our Pursuit community had their first Instagram Live last Sunday, and it was awesome. You won't want to miss this week, Sunday at 7 p.m. Follow at Pursuit Family on Instagram so you can be notified when we go live. We have two new online groups for kids starting up soon. The first is called Be Bold, and it's a program for grade fours and fives happening every Sunday after the Live Lounge at 11.15. At Be Bold, we will explore a new faith question every week. It's going to be lots of fun and a great way to connect with your friends and your kids' church leaders. Kids Club is going online as well. This group is for kids in grades K to 5 and will include Bible study, fun games, and worship. If you have never attended Kids Club before, everyone is welcome. Join us Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. starting May 12th. Pastor Phil has just released a new online course called Contemplating Our Way Through COVID-19. During this course, you'll learn about Christian meditation and the power of scriptures and the difference it can make in your life as you try to overcome difficult situations. Visit our website to sign up. We know that it's still important to stay connected as a church family. That's why each of our campuses have different online programs throughout the week, like Bible studies, prayer, coffee hangouts, quiz nights, and more. Be sure to visit our website for all the details on how to join in. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Thank you, Courtney. It's awesome to hear what's happening within our church. I encourage everyone to find a group to sign up, to check out our website to see what's going on. Phil is going to be offering a course called Meditating Through the Scripture. This is a great time uh, for us to dive deeper into the Word and to get some practical points on how to do that. And so I encourage you to sign up for that course. Also, we're going to be offering Alpha. And we're going to be offering two groups of Alpha. One for the network-wide. And then the Pursuit School is also going to do an Alpha for young adults and teens. So look for more information coming this way in these two Alphas. Uh, right now, uh, I'm going to be hosting the one that oversees the whole network, and I'd really love some help. 
really love for some people to come alongside me to help uh, run Alpha well. And so if you're interested in helping, please send an email to me here on my email that's going to pop up in the chat. And uh, I would love to come alongside you guys as we explore faith more and help people understand Christ and Christianity and what it means to be, to be a believer. Right now, we're going to pass it off to Pastor Jordan, and he's going to have an interview with the Crandalls. The Crandalls are preparing to go to Africa, and we're excited to hear what God is teaching them and impressing on them as they're preparing to move to Africa. And so, here you go, Pastor Jordan. Welcome to episode four. Is it episode four? I don't know. Episode four of Willow Park interviews missionaries while we are in self-isolation. We have Stacy and Christy Crandall all the way from Kono, Hawaii, who are on their way to Africa, who got interrupted by COVID. So we're meeting with them, talking with them. So welcome. How are you guys doing? And uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you are. Thanks, Jordan. Hi, Willow Park Church. We are delighted to be with you um, and so thrilled to be missionaries in this day and age of wonderful technology. But you tell them about Africa through your dream. I'm going to say back in 2009, I had a dream and I, I woke up in my dream and I, I got out of bed. I looked out the window of my home and I saw a landscape that looked like an African landscape. I had little African children poorly dressed, it was dusty, it was dirty. It was obvious to me that these people were poor. And I heard in my heart, these are your neighbors. And then my dream was over. And it started a curiosity for me about, what's, is this how God calls somebody somewhere? I really don't know. But I had this curiosity about Africa. Further to that, Christy and I led a team to South Africa with YLAM in 2012. And it was really a tough experience, actually. There's a lot of hardship through that. Um, I really loved it. Christy said she'd never go back. <laughs> but, you know, God brought her out to Tanzania in 2015. Um, yeah, I think so. With our eldest daughter. And, you know, God kept on bringing this up over the years. And mm-hmm. as as uh, we really felt him calling us back into missions, uh, we, uh, we knew there's opportunities all over. And we were open to wherever. And, uh, but we got a call that, that Carolyn at, at uh, Living Waters in Mwanza was looking for some help. And would we consider that? And we thought, absolutely, we would consider that. Let's pray about it. And, and uh, through the process, here we are on our way. Yeah, on your way. Uh, what do you guys, what are you, um, what are you, what are you kind of most looking forward to finally when you get to Africa? I look forward to reconnecting with the children of the children's home and with Carolyn and the staff. Um, I'm really excited to start to to help Carolyn carry the burden of the operations. At 80, almost 82 years of age, it's a big job and it's a tiring job. And I really look forward to helping uh, her with that and uh, and learning from her. She's going to be guiding me through the process, and it's going to be a great experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, we're really delighted and honored to come under her leadership and guidance. And she's just a remarkable woman that established this ministry 25 years ago. And she's bold and tenacious and loves Jesus and loves these kids so much. And so we, we feel like we have so much to learn from her and are really honored to pick up that torch and carry that forward. Um, I'm excited to, to see the kids too. It's like not at all how you planned it. I, I assume. Oh. No. no, no, it's it's so different. Not at all. But how many stories of the Bible are exactly that way, right? Where you're like, okay, this story does not look like it, like those people thought. I'm sure, and yet it's exactly where God called them, and exactly what He wanted them to still lean forward and be obedient and and grow their faith. Um, so we feel that, and there's some similarities, I think, Jordan, to our time here and what Africa will actually be. Um, Tanzania is, well, in Rwanda, um, the ministry is on a rural property, so it will be quieter. There's, you know, not a lot of connection with, with people outside of um, the children's home and the adults that live on site there on the ministry team. Um, and so in some ways, we see God's grace and preparation for what lies ahead, 
you guys really have a a strong hope. That's a, that that's what comes off of this is that you guys are living this obedient life that you, you we we have our lives planned out for us. All of us have something planned out um, that we think is going to work out. But you guys are really living in this in this tension of actually how obedient are we going to be with just the lamp to our feet, not two years down the road, not two months down the road, not even two weeks down the road. You guys have God's lamp to your feet and that's 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 what I see you guys are doing. You guys are you guys are obeying how we're supposed to obey and you're really a fantastic example of how how we should be doing this. So good for you. Thanks Jordan. Thank you. That's very encouraging. Yeah it is. That's the hope of our heart and the desire as we live, you know, to an audience of one because there can be so many voices in our minds of, oh, what, what should we be doing? What do other people think we should be engaged in? Um, just just kind of settle all that aside and say, okay, what is God saying to us? Um, and and to have unity in that and feel like, okay, this is what God's called us to do. May we wholeheartedly live for him and model that to our kids. And um, and you're not going to please everyone. That's how it goes. But But really, ultimately, we just want to please the Lord. And be obedient to um, to his next step and his next leading. So what then? What then can we pray for you for? Yeah, I, I think a good way to pray for us is that um, God would use this time. Mm-hmm. He would sharpen us and strengthen us for for the ministry that He has coming ahead. It's different than we thought, and maybe we need to be taught something different. Maybe we need to pick up something different than we thought, and we're open to that. So so that would be a great way to pray for us. Um, for our daughter, Chloe, she had an ankle injury last week, so for healing there would be awesome. Um, continued peace over Stacey's family as they're processing a, a death in the family at this time. That would be very helpful. And as Stacey said, you know, sometimes you anticipate ministry a certain way. We just really want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in new ministry opportunities during this time, something that we perhaps didn't expect, um, that we're just willing and obedient to say yes to what he's putting in front of us. Well, we want to join with you. We want to pray with them. We also want to give to them, bless them financially. We want to make sure that they are taken care of as they kind of journey through this unexpected, unexpected way of doing things. So thank you guys so much um, for taking the time. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. God bless you. Hey, Will Park. It's Jordan here. Next day, nighttime, trying to edit this video. And I just want to remind us that these people have stepped out in faith to what God's called them to do. And I, and I think it's really important that we support them in prayer, but financially to stay behind them. Because they have had their life turned upside down Um in a matter of a couple months, like most of us here have, but now they're in a different country, willing to go to another country. So please be sure to pray for them, and please be sure to pray about what you can give and what you can do to support them financially during this time. God bless you. Thank you, Willow Park. You guys are awesome. Well, that is so exciting what God is doing in the Crandall's family. We're with you guys, and we support you, and we miss you very much. Living Nativity will not feel the same without you. We are going to do the same thing that the Crandalls are doing right now, and we're going to take communion, and we're going to worship. So if you don't have your elements yet, go and grab the bread, and go and grab the the juice or the wine. This is a very powerful statement. Jesus said that if you want to find life, you must lose it for my sake. You must lay it down. And when we do this, when we surrender our lives, then we find this abundant life. And that is exactly what communion is. And that is what worship is. Worship is saying that Jesus is the king. He's on the throne. I'm not king. Jesus is king. It's placing him there. So we're going to worship now. I invite you to worship with us, just wherever you are in your homes. And let's pray together and let's just enter the very presence of the almighty God. So Jesus, we come to this place God, where we want to put you on the throne, where you are the king, where we surrender our lives, where we trust you alone. We love you. We thank you that you've given us this wonderful tool to communicate to you with God. 
And we worship you now, God. We pray that, that this would be beautiful worship in spirit and in truth, God. Fill us with your spirit. We love you. Amen. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. You wrap yourself in light. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. The Lord makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He set the earth in its foundations and it can never be moved. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them. The earth is full of your creatures. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Lord, you are very great.
great is our God. How great thou art. It's such, a, such an amazing idea that we can walk into his presence and we can be in his presence. And this may be, this may be a time that you are, are struggling with this idea that you're far away from people or far away from your church family. But today as we kind of walk into communion, I want to think about that idea of being in God's presence and having God's presence be our, our go-to when times are tough our go-to when times are struggling. So today we were in our Zoom prayer meeting this morning, praying through the Psalms, and we came to Psalm 24, and we read, we read this. Psalm 24, verse 3. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Who may ascend the mountain and who may rest in his place? That's all of us because of the cross. 
That's all of us because of what Christ did on the cross. You know, before, before the cross, there was this place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest once a year could go in there. Now we all have access. So as we wake up in the morning thinking, how are we going to get through this day of, of homeschooling our kids and working from home and working here and working there and, and trying to hold things together? Remember to take a moment in the Holy of Holies that we have so much access to. You know, I don't know if I take advantage of that place near enough. I don't know if many of us do because we are able to commune with Jesus. You know, and on the cross in, in, in Matthew's gospel, it talks about this, Matthew 27, verse 50. Jesus on the cross, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. At that moment, that, that veil that was, that was separating us from the Holy of Holies was torn, and we can walk into that place and be in His presence. So wherever we are around the world, God is meeting with you, and we celebrate communion, and we celebrate that by looking to the cross and saying, I can be in communion with you, Jesus. So let's take our, our bread or whatever fashion of bread we found around the house, and take our, our juice or our wine or whatever fashion we found around the house as well. And let's eat together, knowing that we are in God's presence. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Let's eat. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink. Father, thank you that we can be in your presence. Thank you that we can enter into the Holy of Holies. We have clean hand and pure heart because of what you did on the cross. We are so grateful and we love you. Amen. What a 
God's gift This undeserved life Have I been given Through Christ crucified You call me out of I really love that song. Last weekend, Phil preached about reaping and sowing, how when we sow generously that we will reap abundantly, maybe here on earth, maybe in eternity, but it's this beautiful concept. And, and we as a church have been extremely generous. This week, we gave a lot to Metro. We're going to show a video in just a moment of that, but I was on the front steps and people were bringing in peanut butter and jam and, and everything else. You remember me and Jordan figured that if you were to line up the peanut butter a kilometer apart, you would get from here to Vancouver and back. That's a lot of peanut butter. Think about that image. That's a lot of peanut butter. You can also give to our church. You can do that online. We have a little button right down here, and you can click on that and continue to give to what we're doing here at Willow Park Church. I love this place. God has strategically placed us right in the middle of Rutland and with our campuses all throughout the city spread out to have the most kingdom impact. It's beautiful and it's wonderful. So thanks for what you did for Metro. Check this out. Hey everyone, today's the day. Peanut butter and jam day, Metro day, coffee day. We're excited to be able to head down to the church and see what kind of stuff we get. It's just such a great time that we can help people out and, and do some cool stuff. So I'm excited to see to see what we get. Now I've been thinking about peanut butter and jam a little bit. Genuinely one of my favorites. You know, when I was a kid, I would get home from school and peanut butter and jam, that's what I want. Peanut butter and jam, tall glass of milk. I've graduated from that tall glass of milk to a beautiful cup of coffee. So that's what we're gonna give people. We're gonna give people peanut butter and jam. We're gonna give people coffee. So let's head down to the church to see what people brought. We're here we have Tanya, Tatiana. She is absolutely doing the best job ever of disinfecting and moving things over to our table of beauty. 
We're so excited. Oh, who's this person? We've got another person here. Here. Lucy, thank you so much. How are you doing, Lucy? I'm fine. You're doing fine. You. Look at this. Look at this peanut butter. Look at the look absolutely the best. Thank you so much for coming in today. God bless you. We have the people from Bethesda. The Bethesda home. Bethesda. Who's close with Bethesda? They've come and, and oh there we go. They've they've brought us some some great things. Thank you guys so much. What's your guys' names? Cheryl and Anna. Cheryl and Anna. Beautiful. God bless you. Thanks. Look at this. Look at these good people of Willow Park. That is a Hi. lot of stuff. So good. Oh, our volunteers crushing it. Oh, peanut butter galore. Well, Willow Park, we are ending this. We are ending this wonderful food drive for Metro. And look at everything that you did. Thanks, guys, for helping. God bless you. Tim Morton. Well. Van and I down yeah, we're here. Six, we're six we're feet apart. Definitely yeah. six feet apart. We're having a good time. Help me unload all this. Wow. Fantastic. Thanks so much. What a great video. Again, thank you so much for all your donations. It was exciting to see uh, all the food that was dropped off. Right now, we've got a special story from a special location. I don't want to give it away. I just want to anxiously pass it off to Courtney. And for the kids, get ready. This is going to be amazing. Uh, here's Courtney with her story. Thanks for joining me today. Obviously today I'm not in the live lounge. I'm in a very special place because I have a very special story for you. Today, Pastor Glenn is going to talk about how people become new creations when they meet Jesus. So I have a big book about a little man who met Jesus and became a new person. And he met Jesus in a tree. Let's check it out. This is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was rich, very, very rich. His job was to collect money for taxes from everyone in town. But Zacchaeus took more money than he was supposed to and kept the extra money for himself. The people did not like Zacchaeus one bit. One day, Jesus came to town. Everyone wanted to see Jesus because they'd heard how much he could heal the sick and make blind people see. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus too, but he was too small to see over the crowd. So Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd and climbed up in a tree, just like me. As Jesus came closer and closer, Zacchaeus' heart began to pound. Then Jesus looked right at him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus was so excited. Jesus wanted to come to his house. He hurried down from the tree and ran right home to prepare a meal for Jesus. The people in the crowd began to mumble and complain. They didn't like Zacchaeus and they didn't want Jesus to go to his house. But Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was sorry for all the bad things that he had done. God's love changed Zacchaeus and he promised to give back all the money he'd taken. 
right away, Zacchaeus started giving people back the money he'd stolen. If he had taken one bag of coins, he gave back four. The people were amazed and happy that Zacchaeus had learned to do what was right. Zacchaeus was glad too. Thank you for joining me today for my story. I hope that you guys have a great week and we will see you at Kids Church on the Facebook page. Bye everyone. Thank you, Courtney, for that wonderful story. If you're wondering, yes, Courtney's still stuck up in the tree. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> she is okay. She is at home safely watching Live Lounge with us all. Uh, we're going to pass this off now to Pastor Glenn, and he's going to close off Galatians for us. What a wonderful journey this has been going through Galatians that started all the way back in September. And it started with talking about grace and what Christ has done for us, and it's going to end with the cross and the power of the cross. And so, without further ado, here's Pastor Glenn. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, what a great time we've had so far in Live Lounge. And I'm, I'm really excited to be sharing the word with you this morning as we close up this amazing journey that we've been going through, Galatians. And so if you've got your Bible, please grab it or your, uh, your device. And uh, I know some scriptures are going to be appearing in the chat room as well. One of the things that we've been doing a lot in the, uh, in the last few weeks in, in the lockdown is more walking. I'm not a, a big walker, but I, I must say it's been something that I've enjoyed more and more. And, and uh, Pastor Phil and I went for a good walk a week or so ago, and it's so good to get out, and then you get up into the mountains, and the views are amazing. But something really interesting happens when you see something that excites you, you want to immediately share it with somebody else. You immediately want to pull them in and go, look at that. How incredible is that? Maybe, do you remember movies? Do you remember going to the movies? My wife is so desperate to get back to the movies. Where you sit, you watch this incredible movie. The first thing you want to do is text somebody or let somebody know, you've got to see this movie. You've got to go and enjoy it. And it's like our enjoyment increases when somebody else uh, comes alongside and agrees with us. Maybe it's a, a newborn baby. I really feel for the new parents at this time because you enjoy your baby, but you also enjoy when other people come in and share your enjoyment with you. C.S. Lewis actually wrote some really interesting things about this, and, and he said that in order for us to really enjoy something to its pinnacle, we need to share it. And, and one of the statements he says is this, delight is incomplete until it is expressed, that, that it's like it completes our joy when we can point at something and go, isn't this incredible? And the other people go, wow, yeah, that, that is amazing. And that's what Paul is doing as we come to the end of Galatians. He's actually going to be pulling us over and saying, look at this. Look at how incredible this is. You could even say that he's showing off about something. He wants us to enjoy something that isn't just a great view or a good movie or something as beautiful as a newborn baby. It's, it's life transformational. He's saying, look, look at this. Enjoy it with me. Our delight together will increase and it will transform your life. And so we're going to jump into these few verses in Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to pull apart one verse in particular that really sums up not just Galatians, but really the whole of the Bible. And, it, and it's verse 14. Verse 14 in chapter 6, it says this, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. It's an interesting statement because immediately what he's saying here is that the cross transforms us. The cross is beautiful. The cross needs to be gazed upon. Come with me, he's saying, and look at the cross. And he uses some really interesting language. Like you wouldn't normally use the word boast and the cross together. It'd be a little bit like saying you're boasting in the electric chair. That's an odd thing to say. So we're going to pull this verse apart a little bit and look at the previous verses. And, but what I want to show you is the emphasis, first of all, that Paul places on the importance of the cross. And you can find it in these three words, far be it from me. What he's actually saying is, I will never, I can't even imagine, I, I, I just cannot fathom the thought of boasting in anything other than the cross. 
And in, in the previous verse, it's so, so important to him that he uses the words, uh, the, 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 let me show you, the, the large letters I am writing to you. What large letters, verse 11, what large letters am I writing to you? Now, scholars would say that, you know, we know that Paul had an issue with his eyesight, and so maybe he's referring to that. But actually, in context, a lot of commentators tell us that what he's doing is he's emphasizing the statement that he's just made, See, that he's about to make, that, that look, look at how I'm emphasizing the importance of boasting in the cross. He can't imagine placing his confidence in anything else other than the cross because he believes that the cross is life transformational, that it will change us, that he has no confidence in anything else because he knows that the cross is the ultimate source of good for every one of us. So much so that he'll say, I'm going to boast in it. I'm going to boast in it. Come and delight in the cross with me. See what large letters I'm using because I want you to catch this, that we want to be transformed. We want to see life changed. What's also very interesting about this statement is what he's doing is actually echoing the whole narrative of the Bible. If you were to ask the average person, what is the Bible about? You'd get all sorts of different answers. You'd get all sorts of different viewpoints. And many of them would be absolutely true. But if you wanted to know what the ultimate story narrative of the Bible is, it's the cross. It's the Bible that is emphasized in the cross. You look at the Gospels, you'll see that, that they are emphasizing the final week of Jesus' life more than anything else that Jesus did or said. It's because they want to emphasize the importance of the cross. And you look at Jesus himself. Jesus himself said, look, the reason I'm here, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he was expressing to his own disciples, his friends that he spent so much time with, he said, look, I, I, I'm, I've got to go to that hill. I've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. And Peter rebuked him, and Jesus' response to Peter was vehement. He went, get behind me, Satan. Jesus himself knew that the whole narrative of the Bible, the reason that he came to earth, was to die on the cross. Jesus' teaching is important. Jesus' example is vital. And we look at his teaching, and we look at his example, and we certainly want to emulate that in our own lives. But notice that Paul does not boast In Jesus' teaching. Notice that Paul doesn't boast in the Ten Commandments. Notice he doesn't boast in the Sermon on the Mount. He's not saying they're not important, but he's saying what is of ultimate importance is the cross. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, why? Why is the ultimate boast in something that really was the equivalent of the electric chair in Roman times? Why make this the center of our lives? It's because the narrative of the New Testament and the Old Testament combined is that the cross, that what Jesus did on the cross is life transformational. It's life transformational. And we all want life transformation. We all want change. We can all agree on that. You see, if you look in verse 12, you'll see some answer to what Paul was really dealing with in the Galatian church. See, in verse 12, it says this, It is to those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Now, that's like a complicated sentence structure. And basically what Paul is saying here, and I haven't got time to kind of break it all apart, but here's what he's saying, is there was these false teachers coming to Galatia, and into Turkey at that time, and they, they were saying this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this in order for you to have a relationship with Jesus. You need to follow these rules, you need to be this kind of person, and if you do that, then you will experience life transformation. And Paul is saying, no, I boast in the cross. It's in the cross that we'll find life transformation. If you look at this verse, you'd go, wow, that, that really has nothing to do with us right now in 2020 in Kelowna or in the Western world in our culture. And I want to suggest to you that you could say this to our culture today. 
You could say this. It might not be around the, the idea of circumcision or, or any of those kind of old dietary laws that the false teachers were talking about. But they were presenting this set of rules. They were presenting a way of living. And they were saying, look, if you live this way, then you will be saved. If you live this way, you will experience life transformation. We need life transformation. If you ask somebody who even doesn't believe in Jesus about Jesus' teaching, you will likely hear, uh, well, the teaching is good. Love one another. Be unselfish. Be kind to one another. All these things are good. They're biblical. They're things that we can see in the Bible. They're things that as human beings we know we should be doing. See, the world doesn't need more advice on how we should live. What the world needs is a change of heart. What the world needs is transformation. What the world needs is the power. What you and I need is the power to be able to live out the kingdom life that Jesus actually presents to us. The teaching that he gives us is wonderful. But how are you going to do it? You know, we we surround ourselves with self-help books and, and kind of cute statements. Well, be kind to one another and love one another and don't be selfish. And, and they're all wonderful. It's like reading scripture. Amen. But how are you actually going to do that? How am I going to do that? That's what's buried in the cross. What's buried in the cross is the ability and the power and the transformation to actually do those things that Jesus taught. And these people were saying, look, you follow these rules, then you will be transformed. And Paul is saying, no, that's not how it works. And in Kelowna in 2020, wherever you are watching around the world in 2020, we know that the kingdom principles, the good things that Jesus taught about being unselfish and loving and kind, they should be part of our society. But we are helpless in actually being able to bring it about. I've been reading a lot recently uh, a particular author and a pastor from Australia. His name is Mark Sayers, and and I highly recommend you listen to him. He's got a tremendous uh, depth of understanding about modern culture and the church and evangelism. Just just wonderful teaching. And, And he says this, and I think it's right. What people want in our culture now is they want the kingdom without the king. They want kingdom principles, good things that the Bible teaches, but they don't want King Jesus. The only answer our culture has is this, be better, work harder, be kinder, keep going, believe in yourself more, we can get there. And it sounds great in theory until it doesn't work, until we actually find we haven't got the power to do those things. And actually... At best, it creates frustration and drive and stress. Just be better, be better, believe in yourself. At worst, it can create self-righteousness and pride because look at how great I am and you're not. And, and, and it's a bit of a mess. What Jesus does, he says, I will give you the power through the cross to actually live out those things that I teach. See, we don't need more goals. We need an answer. And the answer is life transformation. That's why Willapart Church's vision statement is to see lives transformed by Jesus Christ in the Okanagan Valley. It's all about life transformation. Because if Christianity isn't about transformation, it's about nothing. We need to be changed so we can actually live different. And Paul points to the cross and he says, in the cross, there's freedom. Look again at his statement. By which the world has been crucified to me. What a strange thing to say. He's not saying the world is crucified. He's saying the world is crucified to me. In other words, he's saying this. That the world no longer phases him. The world no longer has any hold over him. He's unshakable. He acknowledges the world throws things at us. The world, the culture, our family, our life, whatever it might be. We get things thrown at us. But he's not phased. Because he believes that the cross transforms us so much, so powerfully, that nothing in this world can phase us. So today, are, are you feeling worried? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling scared? Maybe you're feeling kind of discouraged and despondent. Maybe you're feeling angry. Maybe on the outside, it looks like things are going really well, but on the inside, it feels dark. 
because of the circumstances that you're in the middle. Let me encourage you. The cross can bring so much transformation that none of those things in the world can control you, that you have freedom. And I tell you what, Paul lived this out. Here's a man who was incredibly smart, incredibly intellectual, a phenomenal leader, devotes himself to Jesus. He says, I count all that as nothing in comparison to believing in Jesus. And yet it seemed like his life tanked. He got thrown in prison. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten. He's been whipped. He's been left for dead. All these things. And yet he'll still say, if you read Philippians, the whole book is filled with how much he rejoices. This guy is, is so full of joy. Like there's no getting on top of him. There's, no, there's nothing pressing him down. He's just like, this is awesome. Why is it awesome? Is the world awesome? No. But Jesus in me, life transforming in me is awesome. That's why he says, I'm not going to boast in nothing else but the cross. Because in the cross, he is unshakable. And you and I can be unshakable as well. So it presses a question. Am I boasting in anything other than Jesus and the cross? What is it that you and I boast in? What is it that I'm placing my hope in? What is it that you're placing your foundation in? What is it that you're looking to to save you? What is it that you are looking to to bring you joy and peace and hope and change? The only chance that we have in our culture is for culture and society to change. And if you look at history, we go through this cycle of trying different things and them failing because our hearts need to change. How does that happen? How does that happen? It happens through the cross. It happens through Jesus. It happens through believing in Jesus. And if we're boasting in anything other than Jesus, we're going to quickly find that it'll get us to the point of failure. And it doesn't matter how determined you are, it's hard work and it's discouraging. Because even if you're doing a great job, other people around you may not be. And then we have to be careful about pride and judgment. So how do we see transformation by boasting in Jesus and Jesus alone. What is most beautiful to you? Because to Paul, he wanted us to come alongside him and go, look at the cross. The cross is the answer. What is it that you're bringing people alongside your parents? What are you pointing at to your children? Look at how beautiful this is. Is it, is it success? Is it money? Is it possessions? Is it influence? Are we pointing at that saying that's the answer? Or as parents, Christian friends, are we pointing to Jesus and boasting in him? Where is our hope? Oftentimes, our hope is in ourselves. Which is why Paul says we're boasting in flesh. Are we placing all our hope in what I can do? So I want to gently and lovingly suggest something to you as I bring this to an end. I want to suggest to you that you're not enough. That you're not powerful enough. That you don't have everything all together all the time to deal with everything that life has to throw against you. I'm not saying that you haven't got abilities and giftings and strengths and the divine kind of fingerprint on your life. Humanity is amazing. But when life throws circumstances at you, I want to suggest from somebody who has spent many, many hours and years with people walking through some of the darkest times, let me tell you that our own ability, our own gifting, our own determination is not enough. And I've said this many times, it takes one phone call, one visit to the doctor's office, one piece of news to remind us of how small we are in comparison to how big and powerful the world is. So I say that lovingly, but I also say it excitedly because what I am saying is I know someone who is powerful enough, who is ultimate enough, who is beautiful enough, and he will come and transform you and make you unshakable, which is why Paul boasted in the cross. But as soon as I say that you're not enough, it becomes offensive. We don't like that idea because our whole culture is based on the idea that you're powerful and you are enough. And so it's offensive when, when Jesus and Paul and, and pastors and preachers come along and go, actually, no, you need the cross because it suggests, it kind of dismantles our high opinion of ourselves. It, it declares that we're powerless. But the cross is enough. And this is why I like the fact that the cross is offensive because it makes us all equal. 
That's offensive to me, it's offensive to you, it's offensive to the rich, to the poor. Doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter where you are in life, how old, how young, it doesn't matter, it's offensive because the idea that you're not enough is offensive, especially in our culture. But the cross says, Jesus says, Paul says, until we get to the place when we realize that we need this, we need Jesus, we need his life transformation. We need to submit to the cross. We need to recognize that we, that we have sin in our lives, that, that, we, that we are distanced from God. We need to come to the cross and we need to believe. The Bible says it's so simple to have a relationship with Jesus. It's to simply come and recognize that he is king. He is Lord. And to confess with our mouths that that, that is the case. To ask for forgiveness and confess that we have placed ourselves first. To ask him to flood into our lives and change us forever. And you can do that today. Pastor Phil's going to come in just a minute and, and lead us in, in a prayer and, and, and give us some kind of direction. But let me tell you, today you can experience life transformation because the cross is the same today as it was then. It's as powerful today as it was then. And we can boast in that. We can get excited about that. We can delight in that. We can draw our family and friends together and say, look at the cross. Boast in it with me. It changed my life. But it's a wonderful leveler. Let me show you this scripture as I finish. The righteousness of God. This is from Romans. Through faith. Through faith. In Jesus Christ, there's transformation. For all who believe, if you believe today, then you can have your life transformed. His righteousness, his right standing, his holiness and power gets imparted and placed into and onto our lives. Our sin, our shame, all the things that hold us away from God, die with him on the cross. In that second, for all those who believed, and all those who believe, there's life transformation. But look, for there is no distinction. doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how much you've got it together. Doesn't matter how good your Instagram feed looks. Doesn't matter how great your, your, your kids are doing at school or how big your house is or how, what you've got it together. It doesn't matter. There's no distinction. You need transformation and you know it. And I know it. For all have sinned and that's what the cross deals with is our sin forever and ever. We can't fix ourselves. But I am so grateful that the cross transforms us gives us a new creation that we can have kingdom with the king. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. I hope you noticed what Glenn talked about. He talked about that Paul's absolute commitment was only to boast in the cross. Because the cross is the only way that we experience the saving power of Christ. The cross is the only way we experience the transforming power of Christ in our lives. And can I ask you right now, are you ready to commit your life utterly and completely to Christ? Maybe it's time for you to become a Christian. Maybe it's time you've been watching to rededicate your life and say, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get right. I'm going to follow Jesus in my life. Right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. The end of this Galatian series, when we've talked about the power of grace, when we've talked about something called justification, that you can't earn salvation, Christ gives it to you as a free gift because he broke the power of sin and death when he died upon the cross. This is a gift that you have to receive. So will you receive this gift? Will you allow the transformative power of the cross to work in your life right now? Pray this prayer if you so desire that in your life, the reality of the cross. Dear Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I ask that you come into my life and change me. I'm sorry for my sins. And as you gave yourself for me upon the cross, I give my life to you. 
I choose this day to make you Lord and King and rule of my life. I do not want to live life without you. I invite you in to change my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you responded to Pastor Glenn's message and to this moment, then there's a little button where you can click and you can say, I gave my life to Jesus. But that button isn't the end. It's the beginning. We need to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. Pastor Jeremy talked about an alpha that is starting soon. And you have the opportunity if you're a beginning of your faith or if you're not a Christian or if you want to go deeper in your faith, you can join a brilliant online alpha. So at the end of our live lounge, I want to ask you, do something. Take a step forward. Join Alpha. Alpha explains the basics, the fundamentals of the Christian faith and how the Christian faith can transform your life. It puts into context everything that Pastor Glenn has spoken about. So check this final video out of the end of our live lounge. Watch it as we finish and the Lord bless you and you can decide whether you're going to engage in this Alpha this coming month. Life moves fast, doesn't it? Every day there is so much to fit in. But do you ever stop and think? What's the point of it all? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring life, faith, and meaning. It's a space to explore the big questions, to say what you think, and hear other people's points of view. First up, there's food, then a talk, followed by a discussion. Each talk explores a different aspect of the Christian faith. And then in the small group, you get to say exactly what you think. The aim of the talk is to spark conversation, each week unpacking a different question. There's no obligation to say anything, and there's nothing you can't say. Seriously. It's an opportunity to hear from others and contribute your own perspective in an honest, friendly and open environment. Why not try it out?